Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Selling Greenville, your favorite real estate podcast here in Greenville, South Carolina. I'm your host as always, Stan McCune, Realtor, right here in the Greenville area. You can find all of my contact information in the show notes. If you want to reach out to me for any of your real estate needs in the Greenville, Spartanburg, Anderson, Pickens, Oconee, whatever you want to call it, the upstate of South Carolina, I'm your realtor. Please let me know. Um, and just a reminder, if you like this show, please like it, uh, actually physically like it on YouTube or whatever platform you're listening to it on. Please uh, subscribe. Make sure you don't miss any future episodes. If you're using an app where you can leave a five-star rating or review, all of those things would be greatly appreciated. Um, the Greater Greenville Association of Realtors, uh, they produce their market stats. Uh, it's always about three weeks late, two to three weeks late. Um, it at least delayed uh, for the previous month. So they've released August market stats actually right when I was recording uh, the episode for last week. So unfortunately, we're basically at the end of September and just now looking at the numbers for August. Uh, but I know that a lot of my listeners are really big into seeing the numbers that uh, that the Greater Greenville Association publishes every month. So I want to go ahead and show you guys these numbers and talk through them. And so if you're watching or, or if you're just listening and you want to actually see graphs, charts, all, all of those things, um, you can hop onto YouTube, search for Selling Greenville Podcast or Stan McCune, M-C-C-U-N-E. Uh, you'll be able to find uh, this episode on YouTube and you can actually see the data that I'm talking through. But for those uh, of you that are just going to listen, you'll be able to hear everything. Uh, you'll be able to just not see the data, but you can kind of visualize it based on what I'm saying. So we're just going to just go through this like we do every month, and I'll give some thoughts towards the end and kind of throughout as well. And we're just going to start right at the very top with new listings data. New listings uh, for the month of August was actually pretty high. I was actually pretty surprised. We had 1,900 new listings for the month of August. That was still a decline over uh, over last year. So looking at year-on-year -year data, that's a 4.3% decline versus August of 2022, which was almost 2,000 new listings. But 1,900 new listings uh, in this economy, <laughs> uh, to use that cliche phrase. Uh, but I'm, I'm actually surprised. And we're seeing actually pretty strong new listing data in comparison to the time of year. Even, I think, for the month of September, I think the new listings data will be interesting uh, as well because there's more new listings coming on the market than, honestly, than I expected there to be. And if you're looking at the chart that I have here, you can see that the uh, that the data is kind of weird. It's kind of like bouncing all around. Uh, we normally have a very distinct peak and then a very distinct decline. Those are seasonal uh, but what we're experiencing is the new listings data is kind of bouncing around. We had March. Uh, well, if we go back to February, February, we had 1,500 new listings. And then March, uh, 1,956. So way up in March. That was when things were crazy this year. Then April went back down to 1,735. Then May, it bounced back up to 1,890. June was 1,932. Then July bounced back down to 1,715. August bounced back up to 1900. So what I think that this is indicative of is I think the sellers just don't really know what to do, right? People that are needing to move 
um, and needing to sell real estate, they're they're just kind of like, do I sell? Do I not? And there's all of this confusion in the market right now because what exactly is the market doing? Nobody nobody really knows how to prognosticate moving forward what's going to happen. And so I think we have sellers that are kind of indecisive trying to decide what they want to do. Um, and really, a lot of you see a lot of these Twitter uh, and social media doomers saying, sell, sell, sell right now. And uh, cynically, I think that they're trying to tank the market because that's what the doomers want to see. They're dying to see the market tank. Um, and so they want to see all these new houses come on the market to tank the market. Um, but... I have to wonder how many people are like listening to that and are like, okay, I need to sell now uh, before things get really bad. Um, I don't know. But the data for the new listings uh, came in stronger for August than I expected. And I would not be surprised if the new listings data for September, which we won't get um, until the middle of October, I'm not, I won't be surprised if, if those numbers are pretty strong as well. September of last year was 1,921 new listings. Um, so that was a, a big, big month of September last year. So we'll see if that continues, if we see something similar uh, this September. Pending sales. Um, tell you guys this every single time we go through this. Pending sales for the most recent month, which right now is August, is always wrong. It's always way, way, way low. Usually 400 to 500 pending sales too low. So we're not even going to Really look at August, it says there were 851 pending sales. It was probably closer to 1,250 or maybe even 1,300 pending sales. Regardless, what we can, what I can say confidently is that it's still in a year-on-year decline. We've seen year-on-year declines in pending sales for every month for a long time with the exception of April of this past year. April was the only month that had a positive pending sales print. And even that was barely positive. It was only 0.2% versus April of last year. Um, we This is what we've been talking about. We've been saying real estate has been in recession. I've said this multiple times. We have had a real estate recession uh, since last summer. That is the case. Now, you could maybe make an argument that we're out of the real estate recession. I don't think so, in my personal opinion. I think that we're still in a real estate recession um, for a variety of reasons. And this Pending, sale num- pending sales numbers, I think, are going to continue to post some negative prints until probably, well, we might be pretty close to seeing uh, things no longer be negative because once we start comparing the year-on-year data to quarter four of last year, quarter four of last year was super slow. I think there's a possibility we have some positive pending sales prints, uh, perhaps in November and December when things went really, really low, like the lowest that we've seen since 2018. So we'll have to keep track of that. But going back to July, um, since, like I said, we 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 don't know what August is actually going to end up being, but we can look at July. July was a 14.1% decrease. Now, one thing I've noticed is that these numbers continue to be revised. So uh, this pending sales number, like if we look six months from now, this July number will probably be like 1,250 or something like that. So it's probably a little bit less than a 14%. Uh, decline or decrease year on year, but still a decrease year on year from July of 2022, which was 1,400 pending sales. We'll have to keep track of that. Obviously, this is a major, major indicator of demand. And so as long as demand is still showing negatives, that's still uh, not a good thing if you're a seller, if you're a buyer. 
it's kind of a positive, right? There's not a whole lot of positives for it if you're buying or selling right now. This is this is like the worst market just in general for anyone doing real estate because there's not a lot of homes for sale for buyers. And for sellers, even though it's still a seller's market, it's not a hot seller's market. It's just a weird seller's market uh, where a, you know only a handful of homes are selling right away and a lot of them are just kind of lingering on the market. So that's kind of uh, where things are, in my opinion, uh, state of things right now. Closed sales uh, for the month of August. This number is usually pretty accurate. Um, we had a decrease of 8.9%, basically a 9% decrease uh, year over year. and But it was a month over month increase, which is not that uncommon. We've talked about this before. Oftentimes, there's a little bit of a bump in August as people are trying to, to get in you know, their moves before the end of the year. So I'm not super surprised that we saw a uh, an increase from the 1,319 closed sales in July to 1,425 in August of this year. Um, but year on year, which to me is the more important number, that was a 9% decrease, which is the largest that we've had since April. Um, so uh, again, not a uh, from a demand perspective, demand has softened. These mortgage rates being as high as they are, which as I'm recording this, Mortgage rates are are right around seven and a half percent, seven point four, seven and a half, depending on where you're looking, um, and that's having a real impact on demand. hasn't crashed demand yet, but it has had a negative impact on demand. Um, here's another indicator that days on market until sale, softening market. We're now back up to forty one days on market. We had dipped into the high thirties in June and July, but now we're back into the forties. What does that mean? What that means is that typically around 50 to 60 days on market until sale, that's kind of the traditional metric that we've used to, to see if this is somewhat comparable to pre-pandemic norms. Uh, but I've said before, some of these inventory numbers and days on market number, like if we saw 60 days on market until sale in the environment that we're currently in, that would feel like a buyer's market. So things are a little bit different now than they were pre-pandemic. So I think if we started to approach 50 days on market until sale, I think, uh, and and if we exceeded that in some way, I think that it would feel really, really slow um, because that's exactly what happened uh, earlier this year when we were in uh, February, March, and April. We, we saw those days on market numbers go up and then they came back down because the market uh, got hotter again. But if we saw uh, the days on market number go back into the 50s, and particularly if it went back into the 60s, I think it would really start to feel a lot slower than it did pre-pandemic. Uh, median sales price. This is probably the one that people are most interested in. This kind of loosely tells tells you what is happening with the market. Is the market appreciating or depreciating? Um, we have had one negative print, and that was May of this past year, which had a year-on-year uh, decline of 0.6%. I never know if it's decline or decrease. We'll say decrease year on year of 0.6%. Um, but August had a an increase of 0.8% year on year. The August median sales price, if people ask you, what is the average home selling for in Greenville? Well, in August, that number was 312690 as And that's uh, a very minor increase from August of 2022 
which was 310,195. Here's what I'm telling people if they're asking me what's happening in the market right now. I'm telling people that the market is basically flat year on year, right? We're, we're seeing very, very moderate appreciation. Um, these appreciation numbers are comparable to some months pre-pandemic, uh, but it's kind of more or less flat right now. We're seeing things be pretty comparable to what they were a year ago. So sellers expecting that their home has gone up substantially in value from last year need a little bit of a reality check. The market simply hasn't done that in most instances. Now, this is metadata, right? We're looking at basically the entire upstate with these Greenville numbers, including Spartanburg, Anderson, Pickens, a lot of other counties that use the Greenville MLS. So um, it's it's case by case. Just because one house sold for, you know, 10% more than what it sold for a year ago or what its neighborhood was selling for a year ago. That doesn't mean that uh, every, or or just because someone, let's say that uh, one neighborhood is clearly showing that prices haven't gone up versus last year, that's not necessarily indicative of every neighborhood. Some neighborhoods might be seeing price declines. Some neighborhoods might be seeing prices go up. Some might be flat. All of this comes in with basically a very, very slight year-on-year increase so this is why realtors still have a job, even though a lot of people, a lot of technology is trying to put us out of out of business. You can't use, you can't base anything off of directly off of this 0.8% increase number, except for the fact that on a general level, we are seeing a very modest appreciation in the Greenville market. Now, what we talked about before, I'm very interested to see how far down this goes because Price, the median sales price, is a seasonal number. You can see, again, if you're looking on YouTube, you can see every year it peaks in the summer and then comes back down with the exception of uh, of the past, well, not even the past three years, with the exception of 2021 and 2020. Those two years were just anomalies for a variety of reasons. We've talked about that ad nauseum. But the median sales price is going to come down. It peaked at 320. We had two months at 320 June and July. Now it's at 312. This is normal. The question is, is it going to go dip back down below 300 or not? That is the most interesting thing. I think it's very possible that it could. And if it does, then then the question becomes, is it going to drop below the December number of last year, which was 295,000? at the moment, with it dropping down to 312, I'm thinking that it will probably stay above that 295,000 number, which if it does, then we'll be able to say that 2023 showed a, mod, you know, again, modest appreciation year on year. Uh, but there's no guarantees. There's a lot of uncertainty right now, uh, particularly with, with mortgage rates being where they are and just everything uh, that comes uh, that comes with that. So obviously, we will continue to track this. I would expect this number to keep going down. Now, last year, we saw a big, big decrease from September, which was 315000 to October. Um, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I think that September of last year was up month on month versus August of last year. I'd have to go back and look at that. But August of last year was an interesting month because 
mortgage rates actually went down and that spurred just a little bit of activity and maybe pushed that, that September median sales price up. We'll see. We will just have to see. All that I'm saying is from what I am seeing, boots on the ground, I'd be very surprised if the September number is higher than this 312 number that we're seeing for August. Um, we're seeing a lot of homes in the Simpsonville market, for instance, being listed around the 250 260 price range, which was exactly what they were selling for last year. Um, except last year, they were selling right away. Now, they're lingering on the market. Um, and so these are some of the things that we're seeing different now in this softer market than what we have seen in the past. Um, average sales price. We don't spend a whole lot of time looking at the average sales price because this really is wildly impacted by expensive homes. Um, and so uh, I don't spend a whole lot of time, but if you're interested, the average sales price was 378789 and that is a 2.2% increase year over year uh, as, as opposed to August of 2022. Not going to spend much time on that. Percent of list price received. Okay, we talk about this a lot. This is a percentage found when dividing a property's sales price by its most recent list price. So this does not take into account uh, price drops, right? If you dropped your price, if, if you have a home that's dropped its price five times and then goes under contract, the percent of list price received is based on the most recent list price after those five price drops. Um, and so it's the percentage found when dividing a property sales price by its most recent list price, then taking the average for all properties sold in a given month, not accounting for seller concessions, okay? Um, so I've explained this before. I'm not going to go into a whole lot of detail uh, beyond what I just did, but the percent of list price received was 98.7%. Um, this is still a little bit higher than what we would normally see, uh, you know, in, in past markets, even though it was a 0.9% year over year uh, decrease. So normally we would expect it to be, you know, in normal times between 97 and 98, still at 98.7%. Um, sellers are still, those that are selling are still getting pretty close to what they have their home listed for. But again, there are a lot of price drops happening right now, the way the, the market is right now. Um, and so what this tells me is that sellers are willing to drop their prices more so than they're willing to accept a, a an offer that is way below what their home is listed for. Um, so that's something to keep in mind, right? You're if, if you're if you are interested in a home but you feel like it's overpriced, I'm not saying that your best strategy is to wait until they drop the price, but if you try to put in an offer that's well below what it's listed for, odds are it's not going to be accepted. Odds are you're going to have to wait it out and wait for them to drop the price a little bit. And then come in with with a uh, an offer that is, you know, within two percent of what they have the home listed for. Housing affordability index. Um, this is the index that measures housing affordability for the region. I'm just going to read this straight off the GJR's uh, uh, booklet here. For example, an index of 120 means the median household income is 120 percent of what is necessary to qualify for the median priced home under prevailing interest rates. A higher number means greater affordability. So we saw August month on month go up, right? June and July were at 84. Um, August turned around to the corner a little bit, went up to 86. That's still a big decrease from a year ago, which was 101. 
and anything below 100 is bad, right? Because that means that the average family can't afford the average home. Um, but if we see, so because mortgage rates have gone up since, since this, we're probably going to see September's housing affordability drop back down to 84, 83, 82, who knows. Um, but if mortgage rates start to come down again, we'll probably see this number swing back up. Again, I don't see mortgage rates coming down substantially before the end of the year, uh, just based on what things are looking right now. Um, but there's a possibility if that happens somewhere in the future, we could see this housing affordability index number skyrocket because it's taking into account uh, those mortgage rates. Um, so we'll have to keep track of it. On, on the flip side, if mortgage rates keep going up, this number is going to, to keep going down. The fact that it went up a little bit, even though prices went up a little bit, um, that has more to do with the fact that there was a month-on-month -month decrease in prices, right? So what I look at to kind of measure what the economy is doing is the year-on-year -year numbers because that kind of accounts for seasonality. But this housing affordability index doesn't account for seasonality. And so it's going back up because housing becomes more affordable uh, during the third and fourth quarters of the year uh, because not as, there's not as much demand in comparison to the supply. So that's all that's happening there. But again, um, I think September, we will probably see it probably go back down a little bit just because of mortgage rates going up a little bit. Inventory of homes for sale. Uh, this is another one that is frequently inaccurate for the most recent month. Uh, so August, it said 3,800 um, homes for sale for the month of August. I don't think that's right. Um, even if it was, that would still be a little bit below kind of what we would normally expect for uh, for this time of year. But regardless, I don't think that when they revise this next month, I don't think we'll be anywhere near that. Uh, what we have seen is a basically a gradual increase uh, since the the spring season. So since the normal busy busiest months of the year, April, uh, which was 2,900 homes for sale. We've seen that go up every single month since then. Uh, May was 2,962. June was 3,156. July was 3,254. And August is fill in the blank. We're not sure yet, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be higher than that July number, just not as high as this 3,800 number. Maybe around, uh, we might see 3,400, something like that. Um, and... I can tell you just from what I'm seeing, inventory is going to keep going up. September, we definitely have more inventory than we had in August. Um, but unfortunately, uh, it, it still doesn't feel like it, it, there's more options for buyers, but it doesn't feel like there's a whole lot of more options for buyers. Sellers are still being really stubborn in terms of, like I already said, um, sellers are uh, don't want to accept lowball offers, right? E even if they have raise their price, even if their price is way above what it should be, given the, the current market, uh, sellers are still really holding out. And hey, I don't blame them. If you don't need to sell, then hold out. But sometimes you need a little bit of a dose of reality. Um, and these inventory numbers, as long as these sellers keep holding out, we're going to keep seeing these numbers go up. So there's going to be more options for buyers but that doesn't necessarily mean more deals unless sellers start caving. Here's an interesting little side note. So one thing that is a big argument between the doomers that think the, the housing market is going to crash and the rest of us that look at data is what 
is going to happen with all of these people that need to that become forced sellers in the market right uh when markets shift people become forced sellers people become forced sellers when they need to accept a job in a different location people become forced sellers when they have to move next to you know move towards a relative that is in bad health grandparent parent whatever or when that parent needs to move to their children all of these different things can force someone to be a seller but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to bring enough demand to actually bring prices down or sorry enough supply rather to bring prices down and so this is the debate we have a lot of doomers out there that are like there's going to be a bunch of forced sellers and they're going to this is going to bring prices way down well traditionally it takes foreclosures um, with those four sellers in order to actually see meaningful price decreases. And what we're seeing, I'm starting to see a lot more of these four sellers that, you know, so in 2020, 2021, and somewhat in 2022, we saw people selling homes that they had just bought like six to eight months earlier because their home had appreciated so much. But as we've talked about, that hasn't happened. Uh, in the current environment, right? We haven't seen that kind of appreciation. The market is relatively flat. Again, depends on the neighborhood, depends on a lot of different things. Um, but we're st- I'm starting to see some of these people that bought in 2022 now selling their home in 2023. And what we're seeing over and what, or at least what I'm seeing here in the Greenville market over and over again is that those sellers are still coming out on top. They're still able to sell without having to take a loss. And they've got so much equity, even if they took a loss, it's okay. I've talked to uh, I've talked to some of these sellers that are just like, you know what? I overpaid in 2022. I know I recognize it now. Um, it's but I I just need to sell. It's fine. If I don't get full price, it's okay. Or if I don't get what I paid for it last time around after you know all the the repairs and whatnot I have to do, it's fine. It is what it is. Uh, that's very different than what we had in other markets when the when we saw, you know, demand start to sky uh, start to plummet and supply start to go up. Uh, was sellers not being able to do that? They didn't have enough equity in their homes, and so what ended up happening is then they went behind on mortgage payments, and then foreclosures happened, and all of that. So the inventory that we're seeing uh, going up. We're not. We're still not really seeing foreclosures, and so that's something we'll have to keep track of. Everyone still has enough equity in their home that even if they have to sell it for less than what they bought it for, which again, I'm not even really seeing that happening. Although I'm hearing people say it that it may need to happen for them, and they're okay with that. Um, people aren't in situations where where they're at a an equity position in their home that uh, that they may just have to give it back to the bank. Not seeing that. Um, and so until that happens, these inventory numbers will impact the, the prices. I don't want to say that inventory going up won't have an impact on pricing, but the big impact would be if foreclosures start to happen. And at the moment, we're just not seeing that. Month supply of inventory... Uh, August it showed 3.1. That's way too high. Why? Because this number is dividing two numbers, um, pending sales um, and uh, 
and sorry, let me just read it. The inventory of homes for sale at the end of a given month divided by average monthly pending sales. So um, I already said that the inventory number is always off the year on year. I've also already said the pending number is always off year, uh, always off for the most recent month. Um, so this number is always going to be off. Um, it's at 3.1 months. It's probably closer to 2.7 or 2.8 uh, months supply of inventory. And historically speaking, that's still very, very low. Okay. Um, once we start getting into the fours, that is when we start to see something that resembles a little bit more like what we've seen in the past. But again, um, I and I've said this over and over again, I think if we hit the fours, I think the market would be very sensitive to that. I think that things would really, really slow down uh, because I just think that things have changed. It used to be that in the fours, that was still very much, okay, this is still very much a seller's market. I think if we hit the fours with the level of demand that we currently have, I think that that would feel feel like a buyer's market to a lot of people. So we'll have to keep track of this. It's still, like I said, even though August shows 3.1, I, I believe that it's still in the high twos once this gets revised. Uh, and July was 2.6. Um, that's the highest number since November of last year. No big surprise there. Um, I think we will continue to see this number climb and we'll probably see it climb into the threes at some point sooner than later. Um, and that's all that I'm going to go over with this stats. Um, but I will say this, I think we're in for a pretty slow fourth quarter, just kind of in general. I think that, um, I think that sellers just need to be aware of that. It's just going to be a little bit of a slog going into this fourth quarter. I think that once Thanksgiving comes around, I think that the real estate market is probably going to see a really slow period. And if you're a realtor listening to this, be prepared. Um, if you're a seller listening to this, be prepared. If you're a buyer, um, this is a great time to buy in a lot of ways. Obviously, mortgage rates aren't ideal, but you've got this little window where home prices are relatively flat. Once mortgage rates start to go back down, home prices are gonna go up again. Um, but again, how how long will it be until mortgage rates go down? Um, right now, it, it's looking very much like it won't be until next year. And even then, we don't know if they'll go down that much. Um, the Fed, who pulls the puppet strings on mortgage rates, uh, they didn't do anything in terms of on their end in terms of increasing the rates, but still the market uh, still increased those mortgage rates and the ten-year yield, which is one of the things that we look at, uh, that is one of the most the strongest indicators of whether the thirty-year uh, fixed rate mortgage is going up or down. The ten-year yield is at the highest that it's been since two thousand seven, as I'm recording this on September twenty-fifth, um, and so. Uh, all of those would lead me to believe that we're going to enter the fourth quarter with the highest mortgage rates that we've had in, I mean, basically 20, 30 years. Um, and so that would lead me to think that we're going to see a big, big slowdown. I think that buyers are going to say, eh, let's just enjoy the holiday season and just see what happens next year. Um, and if if the Fed the Fed left the door open that they might might increase their benchmark rate benchmark rate uh, perhaps in October or November, I don't know if that would dr really dramatically impact mortgage rates because I think that some of that is already priced in. The market already is is assuming that there is going to be another Fed increase before the end of the year. 
but it, it could. Listen, I've, I am no economics expert. And in fact, I listen to a lot of them and I read a lot of what they have to say and they have no idea what's going to happen. They're complete. Everyone's grasping at straws right now. So I don't feel bad if, uh, if I too am also grasping at straws because those that get paid, you know, money to actually analyze this, I don't get paid to analyze this. I only get paid, uh, when you guys turn into clients or when your friends turn into my clients, um, I'm a realtor. Um, but, uh, but those that actually just get paid to just analyze this still have no idea what's going on. Um, all I'm, all I'm saying is that I think probably similar to last year, we'll probably see a slow fourth quarter. Now, I don't know if it will be as slow as last year. Cause last year was like insanely slow because people just got the, the, the rate, uh, the high rate shock that happened. Um, but I, I do think it will feel pretty slow, particularly with inventory kind of creeping up. So we'll just have to have to keep track of that and, uh, and, and keep tabs on those things. Um, but a lot of people right now are, a lot of buyers are getting discouraged, dropping out, feeling like, you know, it's just not worth it. Let's just, let's just wait it out. Um, I would tell you if you're a buyer in this market, I've said this before, you don't need to do that uh, because September and October can be really great months to buy, as we've already said. If you're a seller, um, I'm not saying don't sell right now. If you have to sell, you have to sell. Um, But just be prepared that the market has shifted and still a seller's market um, in the technical sense of the word, but it's not the seller's market that people kind of got used to for a while, which was, you know, if you have a home under 250,000, it's going to sell right away, unless it's a fixer upper. And even if it is a fixer upper, if it's in the right area, it's going to sell right away. No more, no more fixer. This market is not friendly to fixer upper homes. This market is not friendly to overpriced homes. Um, and so be aware of that. You're not going to, if if you have a fixer-upper home that you're listing, you're better off fixing it up, okay? You're, you're, you might not get dollar for dollar back what you put in. It depends. It depends on a lot of things. Um, but for sure, if you list it as a fixer-upper, you're going to be leaving money on the table, in my opinion. Um, and, and obviously, that's a blanket statement. Won't apply to every single situation, Um, But it does apply in a lot of these situations that I'm seeing. So that's a wrap for today. I appreciate you guys listening. My contact information is in the show notes. Um, If you need a realtor, that's where you can go. Reach out to me for any any of your real estate needs or if you just want to talk about the podcast or have questions. Um, And please don't miss any future episodes. Hit that little subscribe button, whatever podcast app or YouTube, whatever that you're using. Like, rate, review, subscribe, do all of those things. We will talk again next time.